Welcome to the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, your premier North American rugby podcast, growing rugby one fan at a time. Welcome back, rugby fans. We are here again for another run, pass, or kick interview. It's been a minute, but we're back with somebody special and exciting as per usual. One of our great rugby insiders here on the run, pass, or kick interviews. And before I set that up, let me remind you that my name is Ty, the Sapper Braga. Joining me as per usual, Rob, the Hammer Hammerschmidt, and the man of the hour, man of the moment, however you like to name him. We got Chris Matina now from the Chicago Hounds, although you will note that his resume is much richer and deeper than just that. We're going to dive into that and more as we progress forward. But first, let's offer him a great welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us, Chris. Thanks for having me on, guys. Really appreciate all the work you do. And uh, yeah, pleasure to be on. Oh, it's a pleasure to be able to have you yeah. with us here. Uh, I know for Rob, you're a lot closer to the word here than me, yeah. uh, because, of course, you've recently made your uh, your arrival in Chicago. We were talking about it just a moment ago. But your rugby resume does go a lot deeper than that. And I want to give folks just a quick highlight before we hand it over to my colleague Rob to explain how the run parcel kick works. But your career starts out at high school level, learning the game, Xavier High School, a name that you will see Many rugby players have enjoyed their time there. It goes on to be able to continue your rugby at a higher level. Wilmington RFC, Nyack is thrown in there. USA Rugby 7, somewhere in the middle, just to be able to make it more interesting, right? Both codes, you're not afraid of it. Uh, You continue to be able to make your... Uh, MLR uh, uh, presence known through the Legion, then on to uh, Rugby New York, Gil Gronies, Hounds, and again, somewhere in between, you had time for the Falcons rugby too. So you're a man of rugby, that's for sure, and you know how to keep yourself busy, and that's why you're here in the hot seat, Chris. And to be able to throw it over to my colleague, Rob, we're going to share how it goes. Rob, take it away. Thanks, Ty. And for those that are uninitiated in the run, pass, or kick interview, it works like this. We're going to throw some questions at Chris tonight, and we're going to prompt each question with run, pass, or kick. And Chris, just like any good uh, back, is going to have an option of running with a question, passing a question, or kicking a question. If he chooses to run with a question, it means he's going to answer it. If he chooses to pass a question, he doesn't want to get in a hot seat with uh, the brass over there at the Hounds. Yeah, um, yeah, James English, I'm talking about you, mate. Uh, or he can actually kick a question, which means he's going to put us on the back foot, put us on the defensive, make us work the ball from behind our 22. And uh, we're going to have to answer in a way we think he'll answer. And he can grade us out, tell us we were shit, tell us we're, we had it spot on, or give it a little of his own context. It's completely up to Chris. He gets to choose which option he moves forward with. So, Chris Matina, are you ready for the run, pass, or kick challenge? I am, yeah. Triple threat option. That's that's what we're supposed to do, right? 100%. We know you handle yourself just like that on the pitch. We can't wait to test your skills right here on the Rugby Rant. I'm going to throw a little uh, picture up here, see if it comes up. Oh, well, didn't come up like I intended. Um, I'll I post I this one already. I, I, you you this, know this picture. is a great start. Um. Yeah. And, and for those at home, I'm going to post the picture right now. There we go. And ask my question. Um, you're born and bred in Manhattan. 
yet you're wearing a Philly, uh, a Philadelphia 76ers basketball jersey while your mate is wearing a Brooklyn jersey, if I'm not mistaken. Um, can you explain your attire in this photo? Run, pass, or kick? Uh, we might have to start out with a bit of a, a pass here. I like to pass. <laughs> that might be a record. I think, Rob, you, this deserves a, a, a kudos to you. I think this might be the first time we got a pass on the very first, which is typically supposed to be the icebreaker. I could give a little background. So I went to University of Delaware, um, very close proximity to Philadelphia. Uh -huh. A lot of my friends are from the Philadelphia area. Uh, that picture was in college, so you're out having some. Fun. We all made bad decisions in college. Um, <laughs> way, way too many bad decisions. Um, yeah, just yeah, probably borrowed one of their jerseys. I think it's an Allen Iverson jersey, maybe, or yeah, I think so. Longer, but um, yeah, borrowed one of their jerseys and, and took it out for the day, probably to get some uh, some kudo points from my friends. So yeah, it was a tough one. I got to get my. I had my Knicks jersey as well, so. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Just in case. Yeah. I like it. All right. Yeah, the caveat in there to save himself with all the folks, uh, the, the homies back in Manhattan. Yeah. I got you. That's funny. Yeah. I, I like it. I like it. Both in the playoffs right now. Listen, Chris, I completely understand your dilemma. You know, I've been a NOLA fan since, uh, you know, since the league started. And now that the Hounds are in Chicago and I've gotten to know all the boys in the team, I got to, I got to put my feet in, in both cities. It's a tough ask, but um, it, it's, it's been a hell of a lot of fun to, to, you know, support both teams. Yeah, of course. They've got a good club down there, so it's, yeah, it's tough. You can be both. It's okay. You can be both. I, I was, I did it myself. So. There we go. Everybody watching, Chris Matina gave me permission. It's pretty much like it, having special dispensation from the Pope. So there you go. <laughs> I like it, right? All right, so let's dive into the next one here, Chris. I got the next question lined up for you. Uh, we're going to turn our attention to um, it's rugby related, as per usual, but this one's a bit of a fun one. Uh, so, run, pass, or kick. I'll line it up here. Uh, your career is packed full of travel, rugby travel, international travel all across the United States. You've seen a lot of great rugby. And that means that you spend a lot of time in hotel rooms. And we all know when you're on the road, it's very, very important as to who your roommate might be. So here lies the question. And we know Mark O'Keefe is in the background. So feel free to say <laughs> yeah. if you feel that this is where this is it's going. Added pressure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So my question is, who is the worst roommate you have had on the road, run, pass, or kick? The worst roommate. Okay. Um, I don't know. Should I kick this one back to you? This might be a hot don't seat. Don't kick it to me. I mean, I don't know. I'm going to say Mark, right? But it wouldn't <laughs> yeah. be bad. But, 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 you know, think of the guy who snores or who uh, is up at odd hours. I mean, there's got to be somebody in your mind you just don't want to tell us, right? To be honest, there really has – I've actually been very lucky. Like, I actually mm -hmm. can't say that there's been one where I've been like, this is person is, is absolutely terrible. Like, I've had Bryce Campbell. I've had Mark O'Keefe. I've had Matai Leuda. Um, I've had big Greg Peterson. Um, and, like, all of them are super chill and, and awesome. Mark's not that chill, but, like, we get along well. So <laughs> I like that. Um, They've all been super chilled except Mark, but we get along well. Yeah, we're the opposite, so we, we attract. That works. That works. Okay, I actually, so, like, I actually can't think of one that I've been. Okay, well, to. let me rephrase it for you. Let there, me there's got to be a forward that you had a room with, like James Rockford, who you know, right. 
like like just farted a bejesus and you know, just like had to had to you know scram and get out of the room for a little while to let things uh when i was at rooney i was rooming with bassero and he was fantastic so oh really i really yeah i've been lucky i chris you're no fun i was just picking his brain on everything like okay. Yeah, maybe you're the easiest roommate in the world. Yeah, um, it's a reflection of want to be my world, so it's good. Right. I think yeah, you're the super chill bloke, and yeah. you're like, ah, it's cool, whatever. We're here to play yeah. rugby, and that's great. That's a good thing. Maybe this next time around, I'll ask somebody who's been your best roommate, and your name's yeah. gonna pop up a few times. that's a harder one to get. That's, that might be even worse than the worst. Really, I have to choose between all the from everything. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Maybe we need to rephrase it for the next time, Rob. Which is the best one, right? Yeah, maybe guys fight over that title start. more than the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I actually can't think of anybody off the top of my head, which okay. is pretty impressive, to be honest. Yeah. All right. So, so, so it, interestingly, Chris, this show, this podcast started because of, of Bastero. Really? Yeah, yeah, that's true in true. a way. Yeah. True story. Yeah, Scott and I were getting an argument. An argument. On, on, so yeah. uncommon. Yeah, um, yeah, you can't imagine a big guy getting an argument with anybody and an argument about, you know, that there was there was three, you know, international guys, including Baskaro, you know, the beast. And uh, I think um, there's a third guy from Colorado. Anyway, oh, came Colorado, in and, and we were trying to decide which one had what was that? Running Ranger. Yeah, it was Ranger. 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 Who, who had, you know, ranked the three in terms of the most significant impact upon the MLR in that season. I ranked Baskaro last and Scott was mad. <laughs> and that's the rugby Ooh, rant. That's, yeah. last? That's, that's a hot take, I think. Well, I mean, it was a top three, so three losses yeah. and bad. <laughs> yeah. In his defense, he was playing out of position. Right. Yeah. He was well, playing well, at at playing no. wise, maybe he was not up to the top right. three. But if you looked at pull from around the world and recognition. Yeah, yeah. And that's what the debate was, right? Like you're pulling yeah. pieces I went of rugby. It. I went rugby on pitch. Okay. He went with influential. Right, right. He's doing well at eight at the end of the season, towards right before COVID. So mm-hmm. who knows? Right. Could have been and difficult to be thrown into that position halfway through, different yeah. expectations. But the expectation is that fans are going to learn more about you through this. So yeah, let's right. get back to <laughs> So Rob, fire at the next one. Fire away. All right. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna roll into a tough one here, but I think one that a lot of fans would be really interested to hear your perspective about. Of course, prior to joining the Hounds, you did a stint with the Austin Gill Gronies, uh, and things, um, you know, were, were going swimmingly there. Uh, you know, on-field play was excellent. You guys were bailing into the playoffs. You know, of course, they had the uh, that six-part series um, that was kind of a, a behind-the-scenes the look. Yeah. yeah, inside the scrum that did marvelously. It was a great introspective um, on the team. And then things seemed to come crashing down pretty quickly uh, you know, right near uh, the end of last season. Um, so run past her kick. Did the players and staff see the writing on the wall before what we call Gilligate hit the media? And and Mark O'Keefe is there. So if you guys want to tag team, you guys are welcome to. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll run with this. I think people do shy away from this quite often um, mm-hmm. just because of what happened. And it was very painful for us. Um, but it was it was a bit tricky towards the end, um, and honestly, sure. we did not we didn't see it coming at all. Like mm-hmm. up until the Friday before the Houston game, which was the last game of the season, um, right. 
And we had kind of heard things from other guys around the league, like we might be in trouble, um, but we didn't believe them because we hadn't heard anything from anybody above. Um, and uh, no one, no one in our entire organization did. So um, that was that. It was it was a massive shock, and uh, I think that was probably worse than not knowing anything. Um, so yeah, like even going to that Houston game, we found out the day before. And and out of curiosity, how did you find out? Uh, we had a meeting right before we got on the team bus, and Ooh. they told us. Perfect timing. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, you have everyone gathered. Um. Yeah, everyone was there. We were all in the gym. Uh, it was about 9.30, I think, in the morning. We were about to get on the bus to go to Houston for the last mm-hmm. game of the season. And um, they're like, oh, there's a phone call. And then, yeah, that was it pretty much. And, yeah, it wasn't great, to be honest. Like, it was pretty shocking. I think we're all stunned. I think we all right. were really upset. There was a lot of emotions going on in that locker room. Uh, whether we wanted to play the game or not, you know, whether, you know, boys wanted to play. Like, it was it was a very emotional, hard time for us. Um, yeah, and it was crazy. It, it was yeah. really insane. So, um, yeah, it was, it was difficult, to be honest. It was pretty painful. Oh, I, I bet. We're going to stay on this train for just a moment because it yeah. kind of moves very easily into the next question here. And we're, we understand we're on kind of delicate territory. So I appreciate yeah. you sharing what you know yeah. Yeah. from your experience with us. Um, but fans also do want to hear these type of stories because, yeah. you know, what, what we have is so little to go by. And yours is yeah. about the closest we have to it, 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 the source. Yeah. So with that on mind and staying on that train, uh, that train of thought there, run pass or kick i'd like it to be a run mm-hmm. uh, you know it's purpose of this um <laughs> but but you're welcome to use the pass or kick yeah Man, don't use the kick yeah. um <laughs> so a, a lot of players like yourself from from both la and, and the gilgronies organization just suddenly found themselves in uncertain territory uncertain future a lot of question marks and it took a very very long time through that fall period for you guys to kind of figure out what's next um, you know, for you, you found a new home at the Hounds and everybody was trying to find a new home in rugby because obviously this, you know, this cop was pulled right up from underneath them. They were mm-hmm. on a run, a run, a title run, right? So it was yeah. very deflating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So my real question lies here is for you and your personal experience, what were some of the biggest challenges that you experienced in that downtime? The what in the aftermath? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think just. I think it, it was very hard, and it was very hard for all of us. Uh, we we really had no direction. We didn't have many answers. Uh, we didn't know what was next, whether the team was going to be bought, whether the team mm-hmm. was around. Um, right. We just were kind of waiting around, and I think I was very lucky because I got picked up by the U.S. Uh, 15s, and I was in camp literally the week after. Right. So you, just, you had more rugby to focus on. Yeah, so I was – I was lucky, to be honest, and I went straight into that, and then I was focused on that for the next three, four months, um, and then mm-hmm. we found out what was happening, you know, on tour. So, okay, I was immersed in the USA Rugby, which I think saved me um, and saved a lot of my, and I, and it still was hard because we were just like, where are we going? But it was right. kind of a distraction for me, which was which was really good. Um, but a lot of the guys, it was very, very difficult. Um, they didn't know where they were going to go, didn't know what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was yeah. it was challenging just not knowing your future and it being in limbo um, and kind of having no control. I think was very difficult. 
So yeah. one of the, uh, Rob, continue. Yeah, yeah I want to ask. I, I want to ask a follow-up because you kind of touched upon that. I mean, you were in a mm -hmm. unique situation, as you said. You were going into camp with USC Eagles. You guys were in South Africa. You guys were, you know, prepping and and getting ready for World Cup qualifiers there in November. So, <clears throat> like on a personal note, what did you do about your living situation? I mean, did you have to hustle out of of your your um, team provided living? Oh, damn, I didn't um, even did think about with, that. Jeez, like turn you know, your life upside how down, did you deal right? With that when you were away on duty. Mm. Um, so that wasn't too bad. We had we had our apartments. I was all squared away. Um, like that was fine, I think. And then once I finished, once we finished in Chile, I just came back. And and I'm lucky because I'm right. I live in New York and I have my apartment in New York with my girlfriend. Right. Um, okay. So you had a home base to be able to go back. Yeah, to I have a home base. base. And my parents live in New York and all this stuff. So right. like, I was going to go home after the season anyway. So for me, it's mm -hmm. it's really easy. Um, but I think for yeah, for other guys that you know were promised, you know, housing yeah. for. For a long time, or moved to another country, moved yeah. across the country, you know, all yeah, different yeah. things. Yeah, or even thought they were going to be in Austin uh, for long term. Like that was mm. definitely way harder for them. And then they had that few months where it was like, okay, we don't know. Um, yeah. So I think guys are trying to figure it out. Um, so one of the things that we always talk about on this show, and you can go back to episode one, it's been a theme through every episode, is transparency from the league. Um, so you know, when we still don't have a lot of clarity, you know, the details are all just murmurs and whispers and in the right circles, you might get a little bit more and other circles are just way off. So you don't really know what happened when it gets down to it. Yeah. But, you know, there are some lessons to be learned and this is totally off the cuff here. This is ad -libbed, but it has value for fans because you're experienced it. What do you, if you were in an ideal situation, what would you have hoped Oh, how would you have hoped to have had it play out? Now it was going to happen, but how do you think it could have been handled differently for players? Uh, I think this is a pretty hard question, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, you're welcome to pass on that. I mean, I just came yeah. off on this one, and you um, can kick this one back to me as well. <laughs> yeah, um, I think. Well, I'll answer a little bit, and then I can kick it to you and see what, sure. see what you think as well. Um, yeah, I think obviously what you talked on is a bit more transparency. Um, I think it was a very tough situation for all parties. I think, sure. you know, the league had their hands tied. Um, you know, there is a lot of stuff going on between them and the owners and everything. So I think it was very difficult and you can't put blame on them. But I think, mm -hmm. like, in terms of the players, I think I, I wish we were kind of more taken care of in terms – like, I felt like we – potentially weren't looked after as much as mm -hmm. I wanted to I feel, I guess. But I do think that it was a very difficult situation. Um, it was unprecedented. This had never happened before. There might not be resources to to do that. So I do understand that it is very, very – you're stuck between, you know, two very hard places. So Yeah, rock and um, a hard place, right? There's no yes. – no. Absolutely. There's no perfect scenario and it's difficult, yeah. right? And it's actually kind of good because it's the growing pains that a young league is going to go yeah, through. Exactly. Again, I always try to see the positive is like, oh, well, what do we learn? What can we, mm. how can we grow from this? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'm not going to give you a speech and I'm sure Rob would, would, would also yeah. agree with this. And I know Scott for sure. But the one big thing that becomes more and more obvious is that there needs to be representation for the players. Yeah. Um, and that, that I think is probably one of the best reasons to be able to identify its need is moment 
moments like that. And it's not the first time, by the way. Dispersal drafts is not unique to to this situation. We had it with when the Raptors left. We had it when uh, Dallas um, didn't field their, their, their inaugural season. I don't know how you want to phrase it. So, mm-hmm. you know, really four times if you count Gilbronis and, and LA Raptors. So, yeah, yeah. anyways, that's a different show. Yeah, and I think the one thing with that as well that was difficult for me was that it was so late in the process that right. So all the other teams, it had happened either before the season or uh-huh. from the team, or you know there was ample time for everyone to kind of figure out what was going on. And I think the nature of our situation changed that landscape drastically. And I think right, it might have there could have been. I don't know if there was better answers, but I do think like it, it potentially could have been handled in a, in a good way, like in a way that kind of looked after the players. And just going back to what you said about representation, I think that's massive for us. And I think, you know, there will be things that are coming through pipeline in the future that uh, hopefully we'll have a bit more input um, and collaboration with the league and, yeah, we're just looking forward to that and just being able to offer our opinions and, and see what um, if we can work together and hopefully we can work together as well. Absolutely. Love it. And on that note, we're going to dive back into this great conversation with Chris Matina, uh, formerly from the Legion, Rooney, Gil Gronies, now with the Hounds in a moment for what you now know as the Quick Tap, where Rob will be leading the way in a moment after a few words from one of our partners. We'll be back. Welcome back to the Rugby Rant Podcast and the Run Pastor Kick interview with none other than Chris Matina. If you're just catching us, you need to go back and watch the first part of this. Chris really dives into his background and some of his experiences as a player in both the MLR as well as with the United States Rugby Eagles. But we're going to have a little fun with Chris right now in the Quick Tap segment, and it's just basically a this or that. Uh, Chris can't kick. He can't pass. He has to run with each one of them, but he can leave his answers be, or he can give it a little context entirely up to him. So we're going to move forward. All right, here you go, Chris. You played them both, sevens and fifteens, represented your country. Which one is your preferred code, sevens or fifteens? I'll go with that. I'll go fifteens. Fifteens. There you go, folks. We're all set. Fifteens. He's in the right place, right time with the hounds. All right. Speaking of the Hounds, um, you've put in massive amount of minutes in what I think it is nine games with the Hounds thus far. Uh, I, I don't know. I got to think back to my, mach- my my brain here and think if you've even left the pitch this season. 
but you've played both at 15 and 10. Which one is your preferred position? I'll go this. I'll go 15. 15. That would be my guess. We had a convo about that a couple weeks back. Um, I kind of had a guess, but it's nice to share it with the folks. All right. Ty mentioned it. Played in Rooney. Now in Chicago. Preferred slice of pizza. New York style or Chicago style? I'll have to go with this. Definitely New York style. I threw him a softball, folks. Yeah. Yeah, that's like that's like the Philly. I think after being caught wearing the Philly shoes. Yeah, exactly. Back on New York twice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Good choice. All right. Let's hit it with Chicago then in this next one. Preferred alternative kit. The city jersey, which you guys wore two weeks ago, or the green hoops. Uh wait, which one? The green hoops that you guys wore like the day after St. Patrick's Day. Or the week before St. Patrick's. Oh, okay. Uh, I like the city one. This, yeah. right. I love the Bulls jersey. I thought that was awesome. I felt great running out right. of that. Like, this jersey is awesome. I want to get one for myself. So I might have to go, go to the auction. I kind of knew it was going to be that jersey when you didn't even recognize what the other one was. <laughs> yeah. Well, I forgot that that one, the city. No, I get you. I'm at it easy. Yeah. yeah. Although the, the green and white ones, we we have been petitioning for those to be our away jerseys. So. Yeah. Those are, pretty, those, are, those are probably our favorite two jerseys. Yeah. I, I got one of the green jerseys and, uh, and, and now they just released the city jerseys for, for the public. So yeah. that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I might put a bit on this. Grew up spends like 50% of his salary on like rugby. All right. Um, let's see. Last one here. Preferred bi-week activity. You guys just coming off a of bi-week. You're prepping now for ATL. Um, so what's your preferred bi-week activity? Chill in the city or uh, got to get away? Uh, chill in the city. That's what I did this whole bi-week, and I feel refreshed. And went out to dinner, hung out with my girlfriend, walked my dog, and we had a great time. Saw Michael J. Fox on the street. That was pretty cool. So. No kidding. Yeah. Really? Really? Yeah. So, no kidding. Uh, it was a great week. Just really – laid low and uh, recovered and refreshed the brain and the body. So that was really nice. I wish you guys had a better week of weather during that bye week. Cause man, I mean, there's, there is nothing better than Chicago when the, when yeah. the, you know, su- the during the summer when the temps are good. Yeah. Yeah. Those three week days week. are great. Um, <laughs> what was that Chris? Uh, end of this week is 70. So we're, we're looking forward to that. That's yeah. all we want. We just look on the weather app and we're just like, please, degrees and we'll be happy. Yeah. Well, you guys had a pretty damn good, damn good week when you guys went to the Cubs game. I think it was a Monday, April yeah, 10th, I believe. Yeah, that was one of the best days. It was, it was amazing. Really yes. Hundred percent. All right. Good. We got some, uh, you know, a unique look into the into the life of Chris Matina uh, here with the Chicago Hounds, spending some time here in the bye week with uh, his gal, his dog, and um, his roommate Mark O'Keefe, uh, hanging out in in the city of Chicago. Uh, so we're going to get back to our run pass or kick questions. And I think Ty is going to kick us off with this next one. That's right. You're going to keep this momentum moving forward. We're going to dive into the next question here, Chris. You know how it goes. Run, pass, or kick are your options. And here lies the next question. The Hounds have a lot of great talent on the roster, right? And uh, this is very impressive, you know, when you consider that it's for the first season. Now, that kind of sets up a lot of what I'm going to get here. 
in fact, a lot of fans have actually pegged them as being a potential, at least earlier, for, for the challenge for the Shield. Is this season's struggles uh, a product of the cohesion and bringing a whole new team together? And, and I want to make sure that also people know that you have a lot of great familiar names that have been, let's say, borrowed from the, the, the crisis of LA and, and, uh, and uh, Austin, as we mentioned. But what is your thoughts there? Run, pass, or kick? Yeah, I can run with this. Um, sure. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I think, obviously, that's massive. There's a lot of factors. I think that's sure. a big, big thing uh, that's involved in it. I think you know, not really having much of a preseason, um, having a late start. Right. The team only came into the league in October. Um, yeah. Uh, I think competing against a lot of these established teams, which I think have also gotten a lot better. Um, you look at the West, it's absolutely stacked. Uh, and it's crazy. So, you know, I think it, it does, and this league as well is so competitive, you can't, if you miss a beat, uh, and if you're not, you yeah. know, all together right. and have a base and, have a you know core group of guys that have been together for a long time. I think you will struggle, um, and I think that that kind of has happened to us. But I do believe that we've gotten we've gotten that cohesion now. Um, mm-hmm. and turn things around to this last half of the season. So um, yeah. yeah, it's a lot of factors. There's a lot of factors that go into it. Oh, for sure. And and what has already been achieved is phenomenal, considering on the time that you had to ramp up and get you know boots on the ground. It's amazing as an organization and every facet inside it and everybody in the league as fans of no matter what league, I sorry, what team they may support wants another strong team. And you were talking about the, how competitive the league is. It's great. It's great to be able to see that. Like if you said, Oh, you can't skip a beat. You can't miss one. That's awesome. That's amazing that you can say that about a young league. I don't know when we start calling it a young league. I mean, but we're still far away from there. To be able to see that level of competition and to be able to take players and transplant them from across the the country and sometimes across the globe and say, hey, here's a nice green patch in uh, Chicago. We've never played rugby there before. You want to try it out? Uh, You know? And uh, it's exciting and it's good to hear. Um, and we're all waiting in anticipation for those big W's to come in because it's around the corner. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're going to knock, we're going to take some scalps. We're going to knock some big, big teams off. So I think uh, it'll be really exciting for the last half of the season. And we've got a few more reinforcements that have come in. So mm-hmm. we're really looking forward to, to bringing them into the group. And yeah, it's, it's been amazing. Like we can't complain about anything we've had so far, which is amazing for our first team. So we're really enjoying that part of it. And, and the winds will come and, and the cohesion and all that stuff is getting along better. So, Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there, the reinforcements component. I mean, I think that's one right. thing you guys just, you know, as a new team, you had difficulty addressing so quickly is having, you know, a, a depth component right. there. I mean, we're seeing what Toronto is struggling with, with all their injuries. And, of course, the iron workers are struggling with their injuries. You know, you're just getting into that depth. And when you lose guys through the attrition of the season – if you don't have the depth, it's difficult to recover. And, you know, with a new team, it's difficult to build that right. when you're starting three months off on the hook there. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go right into the next question, Chris, with this one. Uh, of course, from a player's perspective, two-parter here, I'm happy to repeat the question on the second part if you need be. Uh, but run, pass, or kick from a player's perspective, what have been the biggest challenges of joining a brand-new team? And then you were at Rooney when they came in into the league. So, you know, 
was it a different experience or were there a lot of similarities? Yeah, I'll run with this. Um, it was, it's absolutely different. <laughs> it was, it's miles different. Um, and I think when Rooney came into the league, the league was still even more young. Um, and I mm -hmm. think, you know, even everything was in a different place. We were training on Randall's Island outside. Mm -hmm. it was old. We were going to a gym that was, you know, 45 minutes and it was in the, in the morning and then we train at night uh, so guys could work. Um, whereas now everything's in one place. Um, everyone's full-time training. Um, it's, it's professional. There is, you know, all the coaches are professional. All the SNC is professional. The ATs, all that stuff is just, is awesome. And it's all in one place. And it's, it's really come straight into the league. Like it's straight into the league. It's probably one of the best setups in the league, which is pretty impressive in itself. Yeah. So, as long as that stuff's really good, um, you know, the team will be successful, I think. And once, if you have that backbone, you have the stadium, you have, you know, the gym, the, the physios, all that stuff, like, you'll just bring in, you know, it'll just get better year after year and they will continue to just learn from what, you know, from having a brand new team because things pop up out of nowhere all the time. But I can say that this is way smoother than the first year Rooney, but we were a bit more successful first year Rooney. Um, but but all in all, it's it's been a great experience uh, here. Well, it's one competition has developed since those first years, and yeah, so the standard has risen as well. Absolutely. absolutely, the standard, yeah, has definitely gotten. I would say even twice as good, if not three times as good since since those first years, which is a credit to the league and right. credit to those teams. So. Yeah, you know, you mentioned, and I just want to say this, I think it's worth mentioning to all the fans that aren't familiar with the Chicago situation. I mean, you, you said it, it's probably one of the best situations from a player side of things, that everything's on one campus, so to speak. Uh, and and it is it is a beautiful situation, um, and it's no wonder why the league looked to um, Seakeek Stadium to be the home of the 2023 final, no matter what teams are in it. So because it is such a great facility, so, so I'm, I'm I'm happy for you guys because I know I'm you guys lot, are the loudest fans in the league for sure. So. Yeah, they do pretty good. They yeah, do pretty awesome. good. It's awesome. awesome. Which has been really cool for us. We appreciate that. Excellent. We always love a shout out for the fans because that's what it's all about, right? I and mean, we can all enjoy as much rugby as we like while playing, but you know the sport doesn't grow without the support of those on and off the field. Um, so let's dive into the next question here, Chris, as we kind of get towards the latter part of our, our time here together. And I'm going to dive into the second to last question. Uh, run, pass, or kick. You have taken a lot of the responsibilities this season on the uh, for the kicking tee, the kicking duties. Uh, and and I, I believe, um, if my reports are correct, you, in your time with Rugby New York, had done some coaching clinics in the past. Is that right? Yep. Okay, so with kicking in mind and your little bit of uh, diving into to coaching, run past a kick. When it's time to hang up those boots, is there a future there? Yeah, run definitely. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I actually have started my own little uh, coaching academy, which is a private skills academy. We also do after schools and uh, we work with youth uh, athletic organizations in New York. So I have a little bit of a a business, but also just a coaching um, pedigree there, which has been awesome and a good thing to do while I'm in and out of playing or in the offseason mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I think I always say like I have so much information as an American player uh, that right. it would be a, it would be a disservice to not try and give it back to the next generation and 
um, I love that. College along and yeah, I've just been so lucky to be around so many great coaches and players throughout my career that, um, right. yeah, like if I didn't pass on this information, then it would just kind of go to waste. So, um, I'd absolutely, I absolutely will be involved in some way in coaching and, yeah, I, I think, you know, every rugby fan um, loves to be able to hear that, not just from people like you, but across American rugby at any level, right? It's always about setting up the next generation for even greater success than you've enjoyed. And you've enjoyed some great success already. So hopefully your experience can help make that next generation even better. Um, but, you know, key is focusing on youth, right? That was one of the things that we look at there. That's really yeah. as young as possible, get... Uh, rugby balls in the hands of every youth across America as soccer did 30 years ago. Uh, yeah. We need to do it today. Yeah. And USA, uh, US Rugby Foundation does a great job. They actually sent me 50 balls for my players. So that was awesome from them and got a ball grant from them. So yeah, just giving out balls, you know, rugby balls out to players, you know, from fifth grade all the way up until high school, mm-hmm. um, even younger if they want to come out. So uh, it's been really rewarding, and it's it's awesome to to see kids when they're picking up rugby and how much they love it. So, so it's very rewarding. Well, from one guy who's coached uh, within the rugby Illinois structure and who's been a supporter of rugby Illinois, this guy hopes that you stick around in the off season this year and and spend some time, uh, you know, giving back that knowledge to folks here in Illinois uh, because we certainly want to see our rugby develop and improve in the next couple of years. So we appreciate everything that you do uh, on the youth level and, and providing that next pipeline of players into 2027, 2031. And speaking of that comes the next question. Um, run pass or kick. We've talked about it. You were in the Eagles camp for the rugby world cup qualifiers in November. Uh, and you represented the United States uh, against the air Lake Pumas. What does the USAR need to do to improve their chances in qualifying for rugby world cup 2027. Yeah, I can run with this too. I like chatting about all this stuff. Uh, I think it's, guy that kicks a lot. You're not done it once. He does it enough on the field. He doesn't need to do it right. here. Right. I think, I think they're doing a good job right now i think scott's doing a really good job so far as kind mm-hmm. of the, the leader of the ship at the moment um and i think he understands the landscape and he understands the young players and how to develop them um and i think that's just a massive thing it's they have the usa hawks going um they have the american raptors um so i think it's trending in the right direction i think it's just getting americans as much high level coaching but also playing time as much as possible and that's just the name of the game and and convincing high-level athletes to, to play rugby um, and convince them from a young age. But but it's kind of just a full, a general scope of things, I think, that has to just improve altogether. Like, I think every single level just has to be lifted up. Um, and how, how you do that is up for debate. But um, I think, yeah, the more that guys guys like me, guys that want to stay in America uh, from the MLR that are want to coach, I think that's a massive point. Um, but yeah, they're doing a good job. And I think you see that there's a concerted effort to, to look forward to 2027 and 2031. So, um, I think you just have to keep putting resources into that, keep putting up, bringing up these young players, getting good, good games for them, um, as many games as possible, I think. So they'll just only get better from there. I think, uh, Chris was, uh, nodding over towards his roommate, Mark O'Keefe, when he was talking about stick around and 
developing the next level and saying, hey, Mark, yeah. stick, stick around. He's uh, got one more year and then he could be eligible for the U.S. I, I was going to say, you know, that's one of the, you know, you talk about that. Um, and I think that's been one of the beautiful things is getting to see the development of some of the guys on the Hounds mm-hmm. who maybe haven't had as much an opportunity to play consistent, you know, rugby start, you know, in the first 15. And, you know, I think, well, Mark has played in the first 15 quite obviously, but a guy like Lucardi who, who sat, you know, who sat in this, in the second seat in LA, he's, he's played an absolute ton and you can just see his development as, as move forward this season. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's just, that's what it's all about is just getting in form. It's, it's getting games, getting high level games. Like that's how you develop as a rugby player. So uh, right. the more we can do that, the better it is. And, just from experience, like it's taken me a long time in this league to really start to figure it out. Um, yeah. So you have to be able to give longevity to these guys to convince them, give them a reason to keep playing, give them a reason to keep keep going and getting better. So I think you know that comes from every level. And I think you know looking forward to the Eagles as like a, a massive honor, which it is, um, but continuing to just build that pedigree and you know give people a dream to strive for. I think it's just a massive. I like it. I like it a lot. So, uh, Chris, thank you again for joining us here on the Run Parcel Kick interview. It's been an absolute pleasure. This 40 or so minutes has been enlightening to be able to learn about you, uh, your history in rugby, how you found it, and your impact on the game here today, and hopefully your impact on the future of the game as well. And we'll stay close to the action. Sure, uh, we'll feel side for, for, for Rob, but for the rest of us, we'll settle for watching it on TV uh, unless we can make it out to, of course, uh, 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 the Seat Geek Stadium, which I do hope that many fans are already planning their trips for the final, you know. Uh, it's an exciting time to be able to know the venue ahead. Uh, Chris, I think at least we could probably say that you'll be at the final one way or another, right? Um, <laughs> so you'll get to enjoy it there too. But uh, one thing that we like to be able to uh, to give uh, folks like you who join us is the opportunity to be able to send a shout-out to any organization, rugby club, person, whoever you think deserves a shout-out of note and I'll give you the microphone to be able to do that right now. Yeah, just to give the shout out to the uh, the CRC um, and the NCR for running a really good tournament this past uh, weekend. You know, massive amount of teams, massive amount of work that goes into it. Uh, men's men's and women's four tournaments for each you know each bracket, which is a pretty amazing thing. And getting all those college kids playing rugby and getting to finish their seasons on a massive high is, is pretty cool. Um, shout out to my team, University of Delaware, who's competing in the uh, Division One for that. So, yeah, just shout out to them for, for all the hard work that they've been doing. And their Instagram has been awesome, uh, watching them develop and just getting video of that. So really right. good to them. And, and also, I think there's also a the national final between Cal and Navy this weekend. So mm-hmm. plenty of college rugby to, to watch. And, yeah. The The next generation of rugby superstars across the nation, right? And uh, NCR, of course, providing the uh, the CRC opportunities. Check them out online through their uh, social media or their website. Of course, you can go back and review all the great stuff that happens past weekend at the CRC National uh, Champs, uh, Sevens Champs uh, on TRN, as well as their YouTube page, which I know a lot of fans have come to enjoy for the great content and broadcast value. So thank you again. 
again, Chris, for spending this time together with us. And for those fans that have spent this time with us, thank you most of all, because what we do here on the Rugby Rant is all about you, all about the fans. You are truly the glue that binds this game together here in the U.S. Because without you, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. And we certainly wouldn't be able to enjoy what Chris does for us week after week now representing the Chicago Hounds, but certainly a great asset to American rugby as a whole. We thank you for your time. And on behalf of Rob, the Hammer Hammerschmidt, myself, Ty, the Sapper Braga, and Chris Matina, we thank you for tuning in for another great episode of the Run Parcel Kick interview, and we will see you at the next. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it a lot. Appreciate everything you do. Cheers. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, guys. Welcome to the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, your premier North American rugby podcast, growing rugby one fan at a time.